welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. Stop the rage. You still don't get it, do you, boys? There ain't no countries anymore. No more good guys. They're running the whole show. They own everything, the whole goddamn planet. They can do whatever they want. It's not the appearance of life. It is life. This is not magic. As you say, I am a scientist. We'll tear your soul apart. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Retro Bloods Sci-Fi Month. If you like naked women, or at least one. If you like blue flames. If you like space vampires. If you like crazy, uh, hard to understand doctors who are trying to figure out the life forms of the sucking energy. This is the Sci-Fi Review for you. Move over, aliens. We don't need you. Move over, Dawn of the Dead. We don't need you. Because we are all talking all about the life force. Jay Allison, James Klein, what's happening, Allison? How is your energy? Has it been sucked from the life of you? Have you been Man, going up? Uh, have you been going up to the umbrella in the blue flame? Man, the space vampires have been trying to get me, but uh, I've been, I'm holding up pretty good. Yes. It's been a hectic week for us here at the Retro Blood, but we're holding up pretty good, fighting off the space vampires. Yes, yeah, um, we're fighting them all off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never, I never thought that I would like a movie about space vampires as much as I like this one. Um, so this one's gonna be a little. Uh, I do like this movie a lot. Yes. So this one's gonna be uh, an interesting because I I like this movie and I didn't like it at the same time. Is that possible? All right. Yeah, it is possible. It happens to me quite a bit. Um, I do have a few, some history on this movie and this type of movie, and that we can talk about a little later too. So oh, it's yeah, kind of interesting fun. where this where this movie came from and its influences. Sweet, sounds good to me. But uh, but yeah, we'll be talking all about the life force here on the Retro Blood today. But you know, before we get into it, because we have a jam packed show, we have a lot a lot of stuff to talk about, everybody. But before we get into it, I just want to remind everybody. You know, check us out on the Facebook group page. I'm going to be posting a lot of uh, extras from the show on there. You just go to Facebook, type in Retro Blood, click the little like button, join us on there, have us a good conversation on there. I post extras from the from the, from the the reviews that we do, you know, music reviews, uh, uh, pictures, all kinds of stuff. I'm going to get a little more in- interactive on there, but we're going to post a lot of stuff on the group, f- the group Facebook page. Say that 10 times fast. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Facebook page, yeah, brother. And then, uh, then we got the fa- we got the Retro Blood uh, business page where I post all the uh, sometimes yeah, I'll post like uh, advertisements for the next show. And then if you want to get a straight link, you could do it there too. And of course, the YouTube channel, uh, you can get all the clips from the show and plus a bunch of extras too. So we got like, that stuff going on, you know, just a bunch of extra stuff out there to get the name out there and uh, get 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 the uh, get the more more people flowing in here. But uh, yeah. Before we get into the actual history segment, so something that, you know, if you've been a follower of Retro Blood, if you are, we appreciate it. 
Um, you know that me and Allison, we actually live the gimmick. Okay, we're not just yeah, podcasters who just talk about metal. We're not podcasters who just talk about horror movies. We're not talk, you know, we're not we don't just talk about wrestling. We actually go there live. So when we say yep. that hey, we're going to jump into the Trans Am and go to these shows and we would definitely be rocking out, we actually do that in person. Like we still do that. Yes, mm-hmm. it's not the 80s. But there's still 80s bands out there. There's still rock and roll to be be seen. There's still horror movies to be seen. There's still pro wrestling mm-hmm. to be watched. And that's what we do. That's how we live the gimmick. So I thought it would be pretty fun on the uh, Facebook page. So me and Allison, a couple of days ago, went to the the Bay Strikes Back tour, brother. We got Testament, yeah, which we, we talk did. about all the time. We got Exodus. We talk about them. And we talk about the Death Angel. All three bands. And... So some uh, pretty crazy, uh, Allison. Did you realize that I'm pretty sure all those bands started in 1985? If I believe uh, that so. makes sense. Yeah, I mean that would make sense. I di- I didn't know that specifically, but I mean I know that that ma- that would make sense because that was about the time the Bay Area thrash was starting to get huge. Yes. Or well, not starting to get huge, but like starting to come together, and there were a bunch of Bay Area thrash bands. Um, but yeah, that's kind of cool though. Um, I think X or. Uh, uh, Testament's first album came out in 1987, so yeah, they probably played around for a couple of years before they uh, before they got big. Um, I'm sure Metallica had a huge part to play in that because they were they were a Bay Area band and they were, I mean, not huge, but they were getting big. You know, they were playing national tours, opening for big bands. Yes, so I'm sure they had a lot to do with you know these bands getting signed. Um, and some signed to major labels. Like, well, most of them eventually got signed to major labels. Yes, exactly. Before, and they yeah, kind of killed. And it's pretty cool to see them all like tour together. Like, I don't know if they, I mean, I'm pretty sure maybe back in the day, they're all pretty good friends and maybe all tour together. But I thought that was very interesting that you had like all three bands who, who made their, their name in that, that Bay Area scene who obviously became huge in the thrash metal scene. I mean, that's probably three of the biggest thrash bands that you can see, you know, besides the mm-hmm. the Slayers, besides the Metallicas and stuff. Um, you know, before, yeah. you know, for me, like, I've always been kind of hit or miss with, with th- thrash metal. Like, I think I, I talked about this before on the show. You know, my first thrash band was Slayer, which I'm pretty sure a lot of metal fans, that would probably be, like, their first, uh, like, thrash type of band that they would listen to would probably be Slayer. But the first ever thrash um, band I've ever seen live was Creator. So... Um, so it's really cool that, you know, once I kind of get into that scene to actually see all three of them and, and check them out, your, check them out the list. Because, you know, if this show was happening, brother, like fucking 1985, you know, they, they're booking this. We, we, we would have gone to that, you know, no problem. You know, it probably been a little bit more. Actually, this show was pretty wild. I mean, I can't see it being too much different yeah. in the eighties, how they're doing it. You know, obviously they're no. older now. They might have like a little bit more energy yeah. on the stage, but they they did all band all three bands did a great job. So. Oh, I think so. I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, when you when you think about Testament and you know, and consider that Chuck Billy, their singer, is sixty years old. Yeah. I mean, that that's incredible. I mean, to think to to the to the level that they can play and as heavy and, and as hard and as long as they can play at that age. I mean, I hope that I'm able to do that when I'm 60 is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely, uh, uh he definitely has a great stage presence on, on there. Um, so, yeah. you know, has for me, I was like a new, 
live viewer of all three bands. This is the first time I've ever seen all three. Um, before, you know, before I, we even started the show and stuff, I did know a little bit about Death Angel. Um, I did hear a couple mm-hmm. of their tracks uh, beforehand. Um, but, you know, to be honest with you, you know, I got to see all three bands. Um, and uh, to me, I probably like the Death Angel the best. I think, you know, out of the three bands, this, this is for a live person, just for me. I kind of like their their live show. I thought their presence and stuff was really, really good. And I like their music a lot. Now, I did like Testament, but I think... I think I think we might have screwed that one up because I think we sat a little too close. Because <laughs> they're super you think loud. So? Why? Oh yeah, they're loud as shit. Like, yeah. dude, like I even like the next day I went to a show the next day. Yeah. And I was like, why is this so quiet? <laughs> yeah. But, I, but it was because I just can't. I couldn't hear. I just. I, I mean, I was like, literally had ear my ears ring, and then like yeah. that doesn't happen much anymore. Yeah. Um, exactly. But yeah, they were loud. They were loud, and because. The thing is, I think to me they were like so, so loud that you know sometimes when something's so loud that like it kind of like mumbles the sound. You know, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean the, the, it doesn't mean the place is mumbling the sound. Just to you, the sound is being mumbled. Yeah. So I think that's what happened to me. So I I couldn't I couldn't enjoy them as much as, as I wanted to. And, and like I just you know like I know we talked about you're a bigger fan of them of them than I am. Yeah. Uh, so you just knew more more of their songs. You know, I like their songs and stuff. It just. Maybe like if I see him again, I'm probably gonna like restation myself <laughs> away from like yeah. the big speaker. <laughs> right, and I've also heard, um, you know, I mean, I've never worn earplugs to a concert in my whole life. Yeah, me either. But I have heard that if you get like the good quality earplugs, that they don't muffle the sound, and what they actually do is they reduce a lot of the shrillness of the sound, and you can actually hear it better. Yeah, so I'm wondering if maybe like last night, if we'd been wearing earplugs, like good quality earplugs, not just the foam kind that you stick in your ear, but like the good quality earplugs, like I've got a couple of pairs of mm-hmm. that, and I never use, um, they, um, the, the sound quality might actually be better. It, that's what I've heard from some people, but like I said, I've never tried it. Hey, got to try it. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some, I mean, they act like they're all going to be coming back. So maybe next time we could go see them or, you know, just for other bands Maybe check oh, yeah. that out. But that's just something I kind of noticed when I was at their show. You know, you know, back in the day, brother, I would have been in that <laughs> pit. You know what I mean? I'd have been in that pit oh, destroying yeah. all those motherfuckers. But you know, got a little older, can't do that pit action yeah. anymore. But uh, it, it was yeah. definitely a fun show. Like, you know, like I said, that, I I was Exodus is not really my style um, of uh, of a thrash, but I still thought I still think the. Uh, the band had a really good stage presence. Like he was really good, even when they're having some technical difficulties. Still got the crowd going, so you could definitely tell that you know they're veterans. Of uh, uh, they don't really like break down when when bad stuff happens. Um, yeah. And then of course, testament. You could just feel like they were like the main event. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a wrestling match. Like you, you, you got you got the opener, you got the middle, then you got the main event. And I just feel like this was like a per, one of them, like like a really good wrestling card where you have a hot opener, and then you got a solid main event. So. Mm. Yeah, testament was great. I mean, it was so good. Like I told you, like yeah. I remember I told I was telling you the whole time about how like I saw them last time they came to town, and then they just wrecked the place, and then they came back and they just wrecked the place again. It was fantastic. Yeah, so I'm glad you liked fun. it though. Yes, so it was definitely fun. So we're definitely out there living the gimmick, brother, drinking the beer, raising hell. So, um, like I said on the Facebook, I'll, I'll I'll post a couple pictures and I'll post a couple videos. Now I wanted to do longer videos. But, you know, on your phone, you know, memory, like, it, like, adds up. (laughs) 
I mean, I should know how to get more memory, but I can't. But uh, like I said, we'll post it all out there, brother. So, But um, let's get into the show. So like every Retro Blood, we talk about the history segment. And this movie was made in June 21st, 1985. So we're back to the 1985. Let's see. I was about one one month old (laughs) in in actual reality. So, right. um, so this movie, uh, so yeah, so basically June 21st, 1985. And, um, so how about, how about I'll talk about the music first and then we'll okay. get into the wrestling. So I know you said you found something too, but I, I know I found something. We might've found the same thing together because sometimes we like to surprise each other and everybody out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the one I found was, uh, an album actually dropped on this exact day that this movie came out. Which I thought it was pretty crazy because, you know, most of the time when we talk about album dropping, you know, yeah. it's 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 maybe like a week later or like two days later, you know, what I mean, like maybe maybe like earlier in the month this album dropped. No, this album dropped on the exact same day that this movie was released, and that is going to yeah. be Motley Crue's uh, album, uh, Theater of Pain. Theater of Pain, brother. So. Pain, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to talk about, too. Because, because when you said that, when you were like, oh, an album dropped on this day, yeah. like, oh, it would be really weird if we both had two different albums that came out on the same day. That would be but pretty no, crazy. Motley Crue's Theater of Pain <laughs> came out this day. Yeah. And uh, this is probably like one of the hottest albums, I would say, uh, today, because it definitely has one of their um, one of their most famous songs is going to be on this particular album as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, Home Sweet Home, yep. I guess is what you're talking about. Yeah, Every, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, this was pretty big, but it wasn't as big as they would be when Girls, Girl, Girls, Girls, Girls came out a couple of years later. Though. Yeah, but that Home Sweet Home, so, I mean, I hear that shit all the time. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's definitely one of the biggest uh, oh, yeah, huge songs hit. and hits that they got going on. So I didn't get to listen to the whole album. You know, me and Motley Crue, it's like half. Like, I like some of their songs, but then some of the songs, I think they're just too corny. So yeah. it's like it's huh. like it's like hit or miss so far with me and, and the crew. But you know, obviously these guys are rockers. You know, I mean, obviously their show would be really fun. You know, especially during this era. I mean, they're probably like red oh, hot yeah. during this fucking era. Um, you know, we talked about them before. Some of the ac- tragic accidents they had on some um, some other retro bloods and stuff. But it's pretty cool to see an actual album drop on the release date. So we'd be we'd be going to the Trans Am, popping this tape in for Theater of Pain. And uh, we'd be listening to uh, City Boy Blues. Yeah. That song was pretty... On the way. Uh, to be honest with you, like, you know, I like opening... You know, opening tracks to me are pretty important. You know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. if you listen to a new album. Like, you got to get me going stuff. You got to get me, like, you know, pumped to see your album. To be honest with you, like, I wasn't too uh, impressed with this uh, City Boy's Blues <laughs> song. I think it's a really weak opening song. I think yeah. the second side of this record is a lot better. Yeah, that's what I was gonna get at. It's like the it's it's like the first half is like this like poppy, like slow, you know, it's 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 okay. But then the second half, you know, the home sweet home, tonight, use it or lose it, save our souls, raise your hands to rock. I mean, that's when it really gets into its groove. So yeah, I really like that song "Louder Than Hell" from the first side. That's that song's really good. But yeah, yeah, the second the second side's great. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I I mean, it just seems like they just didn't have enough songs because 
I mean, they put that cover of Smoking in the Boys' Room in there, and, you know, maybe they just didn't have enough songs, but, yeah, I mean, that second side's fantastic. Save Our Souls is a great song. They yeah. should play that live more than they do. Yeah, exactly. So, maybe one day we'll see the crew. You never know. So uh, Maybe. But, yeah, we'll be playing some of them at the end of the show tonight. But everybody, you know, check it out. The Theater of Pain album from Motley Crue. So, so Allison, what do we got for the pro wrestling? Um, I mean, there were a few shows like that night, but the biggest thing I could find that was, that we might have driven the Trans Am to was um, WWF was at Madison Square Garden uh, that same night. And um, I don't know if we talked about this before, but the garden is like like basically like the uh, metaphorical home, I guess you will, of WWF. And their shows are always pretty big when they play there. Yes. Um, and this was a good show. I mean, it had a had real had a really good, good, uh, uh, good card. Um, you know, I think this card I'm, was actually um, filmed as well. Like, I think you can was actually, it really? Yeah, I think you can actually find this card out there in the uh, the land of lost tapes. Or the, wow, interesting. Now, I try to look for this card on the WWF network. You know, the the Peacock, but I couldn't find yeah. it. So I couldn't find so but, the they on you know on the on the network and then on the peacock they used to have a section that was uh, Madison Square Garden shows on there. Yes. So when it was when it was still the network, yeah, it was great. That, yeah. And 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 they're kind of getting back toward that with Peacock, but it's still just all crammed into one thing. So why do you think this show was filmed though? Oh, uh, because when I was looking at some of the the notes, I I saw some steals. From it. Oh, okay. Oh, from the actual show, yeah. yeah but I mean, it has some really good matches. I mean, it had um, um, it had um, uh, Barry Windham, George Steele, and Mike Rotundo on a team together against Big John Studd, Adrian Adonis, and Bobby Heenan, which I think is a weird combination on both sides. That is a very weird. Um, that must have just well, been six guys that they had. Bobby, didn't he manage Big John Studd for a little while? No, yeah, that part makes sense, but yeah. Adrian Adonis doesn't really make sense. Yeah, and then um, Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. I guess you could see how that can make sense, but then yeah, they, it's they, very, they put the, it with George Animal <laughs> Steel, the U.S. Exp- Express. What yes, <laughs> the U.S. Express. Um, and then, right, so then they that got is the kind of weird boy, that you meant that you meant yeah. not to cut you off, but that is kind of like weird to mention that Barry Windham. Like I knew Barry Windham was in the was in the E. Or the F, like yeah. when he was like part of the Blackjacks in that Attitude era. But I forgot. I didn't know right. he was like during like this era because you know Barry Windham. When you think Barry Windham, you think of Crockett during the whole eighties. Yes, that's why I was kind of surprised to see this. I mean, a lot of people went to the F to make money when that I didn't think did. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people were there that I think of as Crockett guys. Um. I mean, I think of Mike Rotunda as a Crockett guy too, really, or a WCW guy. But yeah, because you know, um, Rotunda would probably yeah, be yeah, like definitely. The, oh yeah, uh, Mike Rotunda would probably be like you know you would think of in the F is IRS. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and then uh, and then I but I but I know him from the Varsity Club. Uh, the yes, the Varsity Club. Um, but I mean, just think about that. I mean, so the way I'm picturing this is I don't know what gimmicks they were using, but the way I'm picturing this is you have. Varsity Club Mike Rotunda and his, you know, his uh, Letterman's outfit and every jacket and everything. You have Cowboy um, Barry Windham, 
And then you have George Animal Steel eating the turnbuckles. And I'm just like, how did these three end up as a tag team? Yeah. <laughs> you never know, man. Um, Don't throw them together. But, but you had uh, Ricky Steamboat and Greg Valentine uh, in a match together. Uh, well, against each other, which which Steamboat won by countout. Um, you had your you know your typical Hulk Hogan main event, which he fought Don Morocco in a steel cage. Um, those are the big things that I could see that were that looked really good. Savage was on the card against Rick McGraw. Um, yeah, I mean, what did you see on the card that you thought was interesting, other than the things we? Well, about? right now when you were talking, I was looking at a picture of the U.S. Express. Right, boy. they just look so funny together like you gotta see this one picture it's like Barry when it was like there's like it's like semi smiling he has like a little like US flag bandana around his neck and then fucking (laughs) Ryan Rotunda's like why am I taking this picture right now they kind of look like they kind of look like they're trying to rock uh, rip off the rock and roll express to be honest with you Oh, really? With yeah. uh, bandanas and yeah. stuff? Yeah, and apparently they were like managed by Captain Lou Albano. So that's interesting. What an wow. interesting team. Yeah. Barry Windham and yeah. Mike Rotunda. Interesting. That is very so interesting. That was interesting, though, because Windham must have gone right back to Crockett like immediately after this. Yeah. Because like, I'm I, pretty sure by 86, he was back in Crockett again. 86. Well, I think I, they yeah, might have been. 86, he uh, had to have been. I think they might have been the tag champs because they keep seeing a bunch of pictures with the tag champs but i can't tell which tag champs they are like maybe they're like the like the u.s tag champ or something like that so very interesting i have to do some uh oh wait check this out so the u the u.s express was a professional wrestling tag team composed of mike rutan and bear windham okay and the world wrestling federation windham was later replaced by dan spivey and the team wow. was renamed the American Express. <laughs> Which is <laughs> we are we are no longer the U.S. Express, brother. We are American. All yeah, right, get completely that. different. Yeah, completely, completely yeah, exactly. different. <laughs> they, call, <laughs> they call themselves now. We just yeah, we're the American Express, brother. Fuck those U.S. guys. All right, <laughs> we just we just offer you credit now, so you can buy things. I don't, know why I, I don't know why I thought that was so funny. <laughs> just, yeah, we're the American Express now, brother. That fucking U.S.? Yeah, that we, that never happened. Okay. American, yeah, American Express. Yeah. What craziness. Okay, apparently they're, um, they, they, <laughs> they had the, uh, uh, born in the USA theme when they came out to further interest from Bruce uh, Springsteen. Right, as, as, uh, U.S. Express or as, American No, Express as the U.S. Express. Oh yeah. Well, that was a huge song then. I bet they didn't pay the rights to that. Now you know they just put that shit on there. They just used it. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. But uh, I mean, that's a great. That'd be a great wrestling intro though in the eighties. Yeah. So 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 it was saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is that. This is a very interesting team. This probably. I mean, they're both great wrestlers. So I I would assume the team is. I just never heard of them before. This is very interesting. So on January twenty first. 1985, the U.S. Express beat the team known as the North Southern Connection. These fucking names are crazy. The the Uh, what? The The North Southern Connection? Yes, the North... uh, Well, actually, it's the North-South Connection. Okay. It sounds cool cool to be the North Southerner Connection, but (laughs) it's Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch. That's another weird team. 
And they and the US wow. Express beat them for the WWF World Tag Team titles. It's, apparently they would only hold the titles for only two months before losing the belts to the team of the Iron Sheik and Nikita Koloff at WrestleMania 1. N- I had no idea. Volkov. Yeah, Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I had no idea that Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda were part of WrestleMania 1. So that's interesting. That's pretty cool, though. I like it. I like it. So um, some of the um, the matches I was like, you know, you got the uh, the main event, you know, Hulk Hogan defeated the mm-hmm. Magnificent Morocco in a steel cage, yep. brother. I mean, come on. Now. In a cage. You get Hogan in the cage. I mean, that's a, that's a money-drawing ticket right there. Um, probably the match I probably would have liked on this the best would probably be the Ricky Steamboat versus Greg Valentine, uh, even though he won by count-out for the WWF Intercontinental belt. So that probably been yeah. a very fun match there. Um, you had like you know you had Randy Savage over here. He defeated Rick McGraw. So you know I would say usually usually the uh, WWF Madison Square Garden shows are like. The big time, like that's where you pick on the big matches. That's where you do all your big events because you know, like we we talked about here before on Retro Blood, when it comes to the pro wrestling side, you know, during this particular era, it was all about putting the butts in seats, brother. It was all about selling out the arenas. You know, TV oh, yeah. and, and and pay per view were just starting to get going right now. Yeah. Especially TV was you only had TV yeah. to sell tickets back then. Exactly. So it's all about the touring. It's all about putting on matches for the local market for everybody to come out there and putting on good matches, you know. So obviously, you know, Madison Square Garden they can they can charge high higher ticket prices because of the, the prestige of of the garden. So you know, to get people to come back constantly, you got to put on big matches constantly. So, yep, and the garden was the biggest show that they did. The biggest show. Until WrestleMania. Yes. Well, you know, obviously the first WrestleMania was at the Garden. so Was at the Garden, true. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Definitely fun stuff. You know, that would be, that would actually be something super big. It's still off my bucket list is going to a wrestling show in Madison Square Garden. Because, you know, I feel like some of the prestige is not there that much anymore. Because the problem is they redid Madison Square Garden. Mm. So, it just looks like another arena. You know what I mean? Exactly. I was going to bring that up. Like yeah. I, I, I've never seen a wrestling show in Madison Square Garden, but I've seen a couple of concerts there, and I've seen, uh, like every show that I ever concert I've ever seen there was before they remodeled it, and now it looks just like you're right. It looks just like, you know, it could be in Charlotte, it could be in Atlanta, it could be anywhere. It looks just like every other arena, but it used to have this very specific look. It was square, had this square kind of look to it. Hard to describe, I guess, unless you saw pictures of it. But it's like the square arena on the inside, and it was very iconic. And now they just kind of ruined that when they redid it, in yeah. my opinion. Yep, but it definitely and seeing has, wrestling there is going to be rare now. Yes, yeah, because most of the time nowadays they they go to that arena in Brooklyn, yeah, or, or they go out to the uh, the big uh, New Jersey stadium that they do mostly for WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I can see probably um, have a better chance of seeing AEW there. Yeah, that's all I was gonna say. Probably AEW. Well, even though like um, AEW is really liking that um, Queens Arena that they were just in, Ar- Arthur Ashe. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I yeah. think I think they're just gonna, probably just gonna make that one their New York home. To be honest with you, probably, probably. 
And that, I mean, it's nicer anyway. You know, it's it's yeah. in Queens. It's not right in Midtown. Yeah. So, but you know, Madison Square Garden will always have that prestige. So there'll always be some wrestling there. It just won't be as much as there used to be, obviously. Mm-hmm. But let's uh, uh, speaking of prestige, let's get into some of the production of Life Force. So this movie has a very, I was it has some interesting background to it. Um, of how this all came together. So, so it's it's a British sci you know science fiction horror film directed by Tobe Hooper. Yep, Tobe so, Hooper. Yes. Yeah, the directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Exactly, and he did Poltergeist. And he did Poltergeist. Now the same year, wasn't it? Oh, I think it was the same. No, the um, Poltergeist is nineteen eighty two. Oh right, okay. So. Wait, first of all, you know, that poltergeist, is that the movie that was cursed? Like, a lot of people, like, died who, like, fucking made it and shit? Well, yeah, well, the little girl died. Okay. That's, I think that's why people say Poltergeist is cursed, is because the little girl died. Okay. Um, after she made Poltergeist 3. Because I, but oh, supposedly okay. they used real skeletons in the, in the swimming pool scene at the end. I gotcha. Um, that might be but, a fun uh, one to talk about. So when we do, like, a, like, a haunted, Haunted show. Yeah. We'll definitely yeah. pull the guys. So we'll talk about it later oh, on. Yeah. In, in That'll be a, that will be a show that we do for sure. Yeah. So, um, so this one, this film is pretty much was adapted by Colin Wilson's mm. 1976 novel, the space vampires. Yeah. Have you ever read that novel before? I haven't. I kind of want to. Um, I thought about looking at trying to look it up and reading it before the show, but I didn't get around to it. Yes. Um, it's probably something we'll have to find at a used bookstore. I have a feeling. Don't so, know if that's still in print or not. Besides the director of this, Tobe Hooper, even though even mm-hmm. even though in the trailer they did not mention that he directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. It was like the director of Poltergeist, the director of this. Well, I guess that makes sense because Poltergeist was a huge movie. Yes. At the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, to us, I mean, like, oh my God, this guy directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I'm sure that uh, Poltergeist was like what probably drew people in to see to see this if they were going to go if they were going to go because of the director. But um, and then they got Dan O'Bannon to write it. And I like a lot of the stuff that he's worked on over the years too. I'm a huge fan of Dan O'Bannon. Oh yeah, he got a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He wrote Alien. Okay, well there you um, go. Yeah, he wrote Alien. He wrote um, uh, he wrote this movie called Dark Star, which I think was John Carpenter's first movie or one of his first movies. Uh, it's a sci-fi movie. Um, he wrote this movie called Dead and Buried that was really, really good. Um, he wrote Blue Thunder, the movie about the helicopter. Um, he writes a lot of like genre movies, just like well, he likes blue apparently. He likes blue. <laughs> yeah, there's a shit ton of blue in this movie. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but he, he wrote this movie that came out in the 90s called Screamers that was really good. But it's like it's it's like one of those things where he's like, to me, he's an artist, but to most people, he probably just writes, you know, genre movies, horror movies, sci-fi movies, action movies, just to write something, you know. But I think he's I think he's brilliant. Like he's he, he's a, he writes he's written some really, really good stuff. He's written some bad stuff. Well, stuff is not as good, too. Um he wrote Total Recall, the Arnold Schwarzenegger version. Um, but he also wrote and directed Return of the Living Dead, which I thought you'd appreciate. Yes, that's nice. Well, I could see that watching this movie. He kind of like 
combined kind of alien with with the with the with the zombie type of the yeah. shit going on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're kind of zombies. I would call them vampires, but yeah, they're kind of zombies. They're like they're basically zombies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that motherfucker well, is not okay, like a you're right. vampire. You're right. They were they were basically zombies. You're right. So before I get into some of the uh, interesting research I did, another thing I thought that was like super caught me off guard of this movie, which it had this movie has Sir Patrick Stewart in it. Yeah, um, uh, has John a man card. has a man who's only seen Patrick Stewart <laughs> has has uh, John Luke Picard and Charles Xavier, and then uh, he played the gay guy. He was like the the gay guy in the Saturday Night uh, skit with the with the with the cakes. This. Threw me off guard. Okay, I was like, "Where the hell did how, how did this happen?" <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. And he he played a small role. I mean, obviously he probably, you know, he's probably just getting his feet wet. I'm guessing of getting um, up his Hollywood career going. Um, so he, yeah, he, he had a small um, role, but it was he did good. Yeah, I mean, he did. Um, he was he was he. I think he was more of like a theater actor before this, and he he was in Dune. Like he was in David Lynch's Dune. Yeah. Um, I think he was in Excalibur like years before this. Yes. But I think mostly, yeah, like he was definitely not like a famous actor. Like p- playing Picard is definitely what made him famous. And for sure. I don't know what it is, but this guy always looked like he was older. Like he looked old in 1985 and he's still kicking and still doing <laughs> Star Trek now. I was like, oh shit, okay. So like, I thought that was really interesting. So Life Force was the first film of. Tobe Hooper's three-picture deal with Canon Films. So obviously, you know, mm-hmm. Canon Films, they used to do a shit ton of films, you know, back in the day. Yeah, we've like, talked about Canon before. Yeah. They, like, they did, uh, they did the, uh, uh, the New Year's movie. Yeah. That we did. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, New Year's Whatever Evil, it was called. brother. New Year's Evil, yes, they did that. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, he did following Poltergeist, which was a collaboration with Steven Spielberg, which we'll be talking about mm-hmm. later. The other two films are the remake of Invaders from Mars and the yep. Texas which Chainsaw. Which Bannon also wrote. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you, okay, there you go. Yeah, well, he, apparently, uh, Tobe Hooper and that Dan guy, they're, they do a lot of projects together. Mm. So, so he did the Invader from Mars and he did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Both movies that we'll probably do later here on the Retro Blood. Probably. That Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is something else. Yeah, <laughs> that's something we got to get around to doing. <laughs> that fucking we movie. We definitely got to get around to that. It's, it's like, it's, the movie is disturbing, but it's also very wacky at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> yes. So the filming began for this movie on February 2nd, 1984. Uh, so uh, apparently, before Hooper was finally approved, Michael Winner, uh, oh, Michael Weiner, not Weiner, Weiner, my bad. Michael Weiner was offered the chance to direct the film. You ever heard of Michael Weiner before? Um, I have. I am familiar with him. I can't think of any of the movies that he's done. Like who? What else has he directed? Oh, Did you look see. that up? Let's see. This guy has done. Okay, he's best known for. Death Wish, 1974. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. And his first two sequels, the World War mm. II comedy, Hannibal Brooks. Mm, never seen so that. So he's done like a lot of Death older Wish. movies. Yeah, he did mm. The Big Sleep, Wong Tong, 
the dog who saved Hollywood. I'm sure that was a winner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he almost directed this Life Force movie. So the film was originally filmed and promoted under the same title as the Colin Wilson novel. Canon Films, though, which reportedly spent nearly, I can't believe this, $250 million in hopes of creating a blockbuster film disliked the Space Vampire's name for sounding too much like another one of their studio's typical low-budget exploitation films. As a result, the title was changed to Life Force. Life Force. Not $250 million. Yes. Surely. I don't think that's right. (laughs) Wait, did I say two hundred? Oh, my bad. $25 million. (laughs) I'm like fucking... uh, There's no way. It's been a long week, brother. (laughs) Concerts and shit and working. I'm fucking going on fumes here. I was like Dr. Evil here. <laughs> like, just fucking just naming up a price. No, sorry. It was $25 million. Like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, what? <laughs> like, there's no way they spent that much money. Well, that, on blue light, that blue light ain't going to pay for itself, brother. Okay. And we had to hire this chick. She had to be naked the whole film. She ain't cheap, brother. All right. No, that, that was definitely not cheap. By the way, that was this... the most expensive thing in this movie. Yeah, exactly. By the way, this shit, this movie was a fucking failure. Like, it was absolutely a failure. Fucking the budget was twenty five million and it only did eleven point six million. Talk about wow. fucking <laughs> holy shit. Okay. Less than half of its money back. But you That's know what I crazy. like it though? I like it where it's like, okay, this fucking film did negative reviews, everybody hated it. Oh uh, yeah, but you know, it became a cult classic later on. It's like, it fuck, became a cult classic. Like, Damn fuck, right it. It, it seems like every film now becomes a cult classic and shit. So to be honest with you, like I probably would have been one of the people in the theaters, but like, who the fuck booked this shit? <laughs> but no, we'll talk about man, it. this movie. This well, we'll talk about that. Uh, but you know, like you said, you loved it and you hated it. Yes. So, um, yes. So, let's see. So, referring to the spiritual, so the life force, the reason they got the life force name is because it's referring to the spiritual energy the vampires drain from. So we can't say blood. Okay, yeah. you're not. I'm not taking their blood, Allison. Mm-mm. I'm taking their fucking plasma. Okay, I'm taking yeah. their spiritual energy from you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had your spiritual energy sucked from your life? Oh yeah, many times. Okay. Um, <laughs> partially while I was watching this movie, but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. Like I, I like like with you, like some of it kind of drags on a little bit, but um, but yeah, uh, I I really uh, I really. Uh, I can really relate to the life force being drained uh, from a spiritual vampire because I've definitely experienced that before in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Well, yeah, to be honest with you, that chick who's doing it all, I'll be like, okay, you can, t- you can take my energy. It's okay. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the gimmick, right? That's, <laughs> that's why you. Gimmick. That's why. That's why this. That's why this movie happened. Yes. Because <laughs> if if it was this, the two guys doing it that are also in the movie, then uh, um. You know that would have they would not have been nearly as successful. Um, one thing I thought was interesting was like the nudity in the movie. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed this. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. So she's naked through the whole movie yeah. for the most part, but every time they showed the two guy vampires naked, like the like there would always be a piece something in the scene that would like conveniently cut off all the nudity parts. Yeah, we can't show that dick, brother. It's all about the tits. No, we can't we can't show the dick, but um, but she's like nude through the whole movie. Which, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not the one complaining about it. I'm just saying it. I'm just stating a fact. 
You know, um, something that's also a little interesting is was this movie like PG thirteen? Because uh, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, because I do know that um, you know, like Britain TV, mm-hmm. you know, they can show more than we can. You know what I mean? But it's weird because like British style TV can you know they don't care about nudity they don't care about any of that shit but if you have like certain amount of like blood and shit on there they don't like any of that so which is pretty yeah interesting well the version we saw was a different version than i had seen before like when it was released here originally um it was about 10 or 15 minutes shorter um than uh than this version but uh if i remember all correctly all the nudity was still in it though okay but I'm pretty sure this was rated R to answer your original question. Yeah. I guess it definitely if it was released in the US, it would be. Mm-hmm. So another thing is so this movie has been suggested that Life Force is largely a remake of a Hammer Films Productions movie, Quartermass and the Pit. Oh, cause so interesting. I was gonna bring that up. Yes. Um so I was gonna bring I was gonna talk about Quatermass. And it's Quatermass, not Quartermass, not not to correct you, but I was I was wrong about that for years. Because oh, really? um, I thought his name is that one of those, Is that one of those Bearstein Bear kind of things? Kind of, except um, I was just wrong originally. But I, but for years and years and years, like I always said, Bernard Quartermass, but it's Bernard Quatermass. Oh, okay. For for some reason. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I don't. Are you familiar with the Quatermass character at all? I have no idea what this stuff is. Uh, okay, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't expect you to be, but it's British TV from the uh, early fifties. Um, and he was a character created by a guy named Nigel Neal, who is somebody that I've become a very big fan of his writing. He's a, he's a British writer. Um, he wrote Halloween three, as a matter of fact, we'll talk about that, uh, coming up, uh, hand, Ooh, hand. That should be great. but, yes. uh, but, um, he wrote Halloween three, but he, he wrote a, he wrote a bunch of things too, a bunch of British television. He was basically just a TV, like a writer that was worked for the BBC, and when they needed something written, he would write it. And that's basically what he was. But he created this character named Bernard Quatermass. And Quatermass was basically just like a scientist um, that could do anything. Like He, he was one of those scientists. He wasn't a wrestler, no. <laughs> he, was a, he was a scientist. And he was like one of those scientists that you see in movies a lot where that, that basically know everything. Yeah, like um, the one we had in this fucking movie. Flallard or whatever the fucking ass was. Exactly. Oh so, so Quatermass is is a character like that, um, and they made the the BBC made these three TV serials, and I think they were all six parts apiece um, in the early to mid fifties, and they were um, <clears throat> they were performed live. So they were recorded on tape, but when people watched them in their homes, they were actually performed live as they were watching it. Like Saturday Night Live is done live. It was done. It was like that, and oh, they did cool. these dramas and and BBC studios live. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to remember all of them. Quartermass in the pit was the last one. And it's my favorite. Um, but there was two more. Um, and they were, they were recorded so that they could be re aired, but the first one has been lost. Um, they don't know what happened to it. The BBC lost a lot of their, uh, or trashed a lot of their early TV shows. Um, cause they never thought they would need them again. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why, you know, a lot of doctor who, as a matter of fact is, you know, is missing, 
Um, but they, they, they threw out and destroyed and r wrote over a bunch of tapes that they had. And they don't really know what happened to the first Quatermass um, serial, so nobody can see it. Nobody's seen it since the 50s. Um, but the second one and the, the third one is, is really good. And this is a lot like the third one, uh, which is called Quatermass in the Pit. And it's about – that one is about um, – there's this – they're doing this work in a – I think they're building a subway is what they're doing. And um, they dig up this cylinder – and it has like, um, we'll call them aliens, <laughs> but it, they call it, they think they're devils, but like they, it has like these aliens in it and the aliens kind of, are, are kind of take over people's minds in a way. And people see them as ghosts. Um, it's really hard to explain if you haven't seen it, but they remade that in the, in, in the sixties, hammer films remade that in the sixties as, as a movie called Quatermass in the pit. Um, I have all of those if you ever want to watch them, except for the one that's missing. But I have the TV versions, the live versions, and then I also have the movies. Um, and Quatermass in the Pit's a great movie, and you sh you guys should go out and definitely watch that. But um, but yeah, awesome, awesome. But uh, but yeah, when I was watching this movie this time, um, not seeing it since it was new, I was like, wow, this is exactly like a Quatermass movie. And then you just came in with saying that it was basically a remake of Quatermass in the Pit. So, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, that's pretty sweet. Some good old backstory there. Um, a couple a couple other things, too. So, uh, Hopper, you know, he he said, you know, on this movie, that he thought, you know, the spirit of this book, uh, the spirit of the book is certainly there for his um, interpretation of the, of the, of the movie. Uh, though Colin Wilson's novel was set in the future, you know, he made a contemporary piece for to you know 1985 said he also tied in uh haley's comet uh that's where they found the uh, alien ship and it's been oh a, yeah, yeah yeah and it was been a million years in the coma of haley's comet traveling has a parasite of sorts um because he the reason he did that because i guess it was like maybe like a year from this when it's released or something that they were gonna have like a signing of Haley's Comet that they could see. Yeah, I remember that. So I remember when that was happening. Is. It was a big deal when yeah. Haley's Comet was coming back. So like he he's basically saying like you know he uh, told Pooper he thought that he embodied the same feeling that um, Colin Wilson's uh, movie um, you know a spiritual feeling that was intended in there. Like he he felt like he was like doing the same spirit. You know he changed around a couple of things. So, what did our boy Colin Wilson think of the film? Well, apparently, he was unhappy. He hated it. <laughs> so, I like this part. That was shocking. <laughs> so, he wrote, <laughs> he said, So, John Fallows had once told me that the film of The Magnus was the worst movie he ever made. And he said, after seeing Life Force, I sent him a postcard telling him that I had gone, I got one better for you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, damn, brother. Like, he just wow. buried that shit 10 feet wow, deep, brother. That's, that's, that's buried. <laughs> oh, my God. And then uh, Hooper, he later said, like, you know, he's like, Life Force had a great look, but lacked a screenplay. There wasn't a hell of a lot that could be done about that except to change it completely. The film started off as Space Vampires. That's actually what it should have been called. With that title, you look at the picture with a completely different set of sunglasses. Mm -hmm. I guess you kind of well. I guess if you use to me, if you use like the space vampires name, you can you could 
that 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 would probably would have helped with the um some of like the uh the horror aspects of the movie. You know what I mean? Like the town right. blowing up, the zombies, vampire things going everywhere. You know, when you say life force, that sounds more like a uh just normal straight science fiction movie. So Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking cuz you know, like looking at that poster and then looking at, you know, and, and seeing a movie called Life Force, I mean, you could just think it's just a straight science fiction movie. And then you got, you know, you know, naked chicks walking around. You got vampire zombies, like, sucking the life out of people. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at uh, uh, the poster for Life Force and the poster for Cocoon, which I think came out about the same time, um, they look similar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, okay, Cocoon sold out. Let's go see Life Force, you know, and those are very different kinds of john uh, uh demographics there i think yes and so i thought this part is pretty funny until we get into the review so apparently in february of 1984 billy idol said he had been offered a lead role as a vampire by hooper in this movie so hooper he directed the video for billy idol dancing with myself which i had no idea right but mm-hmm. but he but apparently Billy Idol he turned down the role because he had some touring commitments to do. Oh, what would have been instead of having <laughs> that GQ the- <laughs> vampire guy who just showed off his shirt and said one line, we could have had Billy Idol, brother. Yeah, that would have been better, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would have been way better. But that would that would have been, been that would have been way better. <laughs> that would have been pretty crazy though. So I, I would have liked that. That would have been uh, that would have been very fun. So speaking of fun, everybody. Let's get into our review of The Life Force. From the director of Poltergeist and the writer of Alien comes a terrifying new film. I'm getting a very small radar cross-section. 150 miles long. EGR's confirmed. Tell them we have an artificial object out here. In the tale of Haley's Comet, there's something wrong. Something ancient. Something evil. Jesus. Houston, we have a problem. Something's happening to me. Something hungry that's brought to Earth. She's destroyed worlds. That girl was no girl. She was totally alien to this planet and our life form. And totally dangerous. Just found a body in Hyde Park. Life Force. Close your eyes. Visited you how? In my mind. Let it go! All right, so we start off the movie, uh, just a normal intro, showing a planet, and that's where my eye spotted Patrick Stewart's name on there. I was like, oh, this could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so the scene starts off, and it's like this guy who did this intro, I mean, if you were a speed rider or a speed talker, this guy was just fucking speeding through the whole fight. Fu- I mean, my notes are just all over the place. He was like... On August 2nd, 2, uh, 2.30, Churchill, British, Airman. I was like, fuck, man, slow down. Don't you know I'm trying to write notes for this shit? So he was saying it's August 2nd at 2.30, like, fuck, 2.30 in the morning? I don't know, 2.30 somewhere. We're on the, sp- right. we're on the uh, spaceship Churchill, all right? 
it's a it's a British American uh, space sta- uh, station or space yeah, vehicle, yeah. and yeah. they're they're studying uh, the comet, like the comets and stuff of how they like do stuff. This, right. but this, but this space shuttle is special because it has this engine called the nerve engine. And Allison, do you know what this nerve engine can do? Uh, why don't you remind me? Okay, well, it could do the most special thing in ever. It gives people gravity to walk on. Ooh, interesting. Well, I mean, fucking, I mean, does it do, it's called nerve. I mean, can it do some crazy, you know, when I heard nerve, I was like Evangelion shit. You know what I mean? We're going to have some, well, yeah. And I mean, is life form in this spaceship? No, it just gives them stuff to do. So they're flying. So they're flying and stuff, and they they realize like, hey, we find we found something in this Halley's comet. It's a hundred and fifty mile long, too high ship. And they're like, oh shit, we gotta go see that. That's thing. a big. That's a big spaceship. Yeah, it's a big one. And there's like a hundred and fifty miles long. I haven't seen one of those since college. <laughs> uh, I know I got bad well, jokes here, everyone. So well, come on now. But dumped his. So the one guy, so we, the only, the only guy I remember his name really is like the fucking captain because he was all over this Carlson. movie. Carlson. Yeah. Carlson. Tom yeah, Carlson. Played by, yeah. Played by Steve Railsback. Yeah. One of my favorite actors. Oh yeah. Well, who do you ever beat? Uh, he played Charles Manson. Okay. Well, there you go. That's not bad. <laughs> I guess he beat somebody. So somebody. <laughs> he was all talking about like, listen, we got to go watch. We got to go see this shit. You know what I mean? If we don't, if we miss this, it's going to be another 76 years till we could take a look at it again. And we'll probably be dead by then. Thanks, Carson. <laughs> so they go near there. They turn off the nerve system. I don't know why I thought that nerve thing was funny. Maybe just me. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, our special <laughs> give us gravity nerve. It gives them, gra- all right, it gives them yeah. gravity. So it takes a group of four of them. They go out there, and I actually kind of like this effect, um, you know, because you know we're watching like 1985, you know, green screen graphics and stuff. But I thought when they were leaving the spaceship to go to it, I don't know, I kind of like that. I kind of like the, uh, the the look of that when they were heading to the. Uh, I, I think it. I think it looked good. Yeah, I think it looked good. Like mm. I like that kind of special effect, though. Like I mm. just like the way it looks. Like I mean. It looked like Star Trek. You know what I mean? Like it looked like the Star Trek movies at the time. Yeah. Which on the budget that they were on at twenty five million dollars, that yeah. I mean, I think they did a really good job considering how it, how little money was was actually spent on this. Exactly. So they took a group of four out there. They they get they get inside. It kind of the the ship inside looked like it was like a living being. You know, it looked like it had like, you know, it kind of looked like it's inside of a mouth or something. So yeah, it was uh, yeah like a heart valve or something where it's like opening up and close. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they keep talking back to Churchill, which is the uh, the spaceship. So every time they say Churchill yeah. and stuff, they're talking back to the spaceship. They're just telling what they see around this place. So eventually, they run into big giant bats in outer space, yep. brother. Move over, Jason. Move over, Hellraiser. We got bats in outer space now, brother. Yeah, we so, got space bats. We got giant space, space bats. bats. Giant space bats, and they're just like. Oh, it kind of looks like bats. Interesting. Okay. So they're looking at these bats and stuff. One of them touches the finger, breaks off, and one is like, oh, it has no fluids in it. Perfect time for research, brother. Bring one of those back with us. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So then that's what I was thinking. They're like, you know, let's, let's take that back with us. Yeah, that's, that, that's always a bad sign. That has never failed before. Taking that, a yeah. foreign object back with us. <laughs> yeah, this is a science fiction film, bro. We're definitely taking that back with us. It it always works out for yeah, the best. It's like an alien back. and every <laughs> other movie that they've ever done that in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, nothing to see here. It's all fine. <laughs> so eventually, our boy Carlson he notices like. Oh, there's like three naked bodies in this spaceship and they look human. That's interesting. It's like, oh yeah. And then they start like So this is this is when they're like just basically they're just saying like Okay, they're 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 in these chambers frozen, you know? And they only were like talking about the girl. So you can already see that the the girl because there was a girl and there's two guys and they're all naked. Right. And then they yeah. kept talking back to the ship, which they're kind of like in and out of communication with them. They were saying like, hey, there's like this like mega girl here and we're probably <laughs> going to take these bodies back with us because they're all human. And for some reason, I'm staring at this girl and I really want to, I just want to talk about her only. So you can see like there's something going on <laughs> with this where they're and, only kind of she, focusing on the girl. And she's naked and, yes. and she's a girl. Yes. And, uh, and I really there want to stare at her. Them, but, but one of them's a girl. <laughs> yes. The, the, there's the two other guys here. I'm not sure what they are, but this girl, she's naked. <laughs> so it, eventually, they're just like, okay, we're going to take all of these three back and put them on the ship. And they and then um, they were also saying, so while this is happening too, the the uh, the 150-mile-long 150 stuff that they're in now it is now mm. growing itself out and they keep describing it, it looking like an umbrella. So now um, Carson's like, okay, th- there's like this light that opens up and then uh, they're like, okay, everybody, we got to get out of here. Well, first he wants to wait while everything's happening and then eventually he sees this light and it was like, okay, everybody, let's go towards the light. So they all like go towards this light with the uh, the containers. Um, and it's also too, so... The, uh, the the Churchill um, um, space shuttle has now lost contact with the uh, the British uh, command center. So they're trying to get a hold of them and stuff, but they can't get a hold of them because they just lost contact. They're like, it's not only they lost contact, but they're not like responding back at all. During this, also too, you know, they're talking about the three bodies and how they're in perfect condition, and then they also kind of are noticing that, you know, they they they're like they're very drawn to to the girl one they're like kind of like saying what's wrong with us and so they're very drawn to it so after they can't get a hold of the ship and the, the ship is actually near the churchill is actually near orbit it's near the uh the american orbit they send out another ship um to go and see what's going on with them so they send out the ship columbia to go help them yes and they do a lot li- yeah to go look for them yeah and they do a light dock all right so they get in there they notice that the whole place has pretty much been gutted and it's all burnt. Mm-hmm. And they're all looking around stuff. And then one guy's like, all right, everything's burnt here, but go grab the videotapes. Those should be fine. Yeah, because they don't burn. Yeah, apparently space VHS <laughs> tapes, they don't burn. They're just fine. Yeah. And then, of course, they see a bunch of burned up dead bodies everywhere. So now we're in the European space Control center for, of excellence. All right, they. This is when we meet uh, a couple of our characters here. 
the two most notable ones are going to be Dr. Hans Flada. <laughs> All right. And it's going to mm-hmm. be Dr. <laughs> Leonor. I thought, it, I thought, I swear to God, I thought they said his name was going to be Bukaki. I was like, holy <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's just my sick Dr. humor there. Dr. Dr. Leonard Bukaki. I was like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> but it's like Bukak it's like Bukak Sky or something shit. Like I'm just gonna call yeah, him Len- Leonard because yeah. I can't say this just fucking last name. Just, just call right. him Leonard. Alright. And all you people that make it yes, I can't say people's some of the people's last names. Alright, I thought they said fucking Bukaki during the whole film. <laughs> My bad. Okay. okay. Fuck whatever. Who booked this? Anyway, um so they're talking about like, hey, you know, uh when the crew from the Columbia were on the ship, they also found these like three preserved bodies on there. And they, you know, obviously they know they're, they're alien life forms, but they thought it was really weird that even through the whole burning stuff, the, uh, the, the bodies and they were fine. So they decided to take those three bodies and do some autopsies on them. And they were pretty much discussing like, okay, these are alien creatures and we want to do an autopsy on them, but we don't know if they're dead. Do you think that'd be bad if we kill them? Any like, do you think they're pretty much describing like, okay, do you think we should like open them up or like, how how do you how do you like justify killing this alien if you don't know that they're dead or not? So that's pretty much the right. whole conversation they were trying to do. So right, which which actually was a pretty valid conversation. You know, actually that part was pretty. Right. I thought that part was pretty uh, well detailed. Because what if we did yeah. find aliens? We don't know if they're dead or not, but we want to study them. And the way you study them is you open them fuckers up. But what if we kill mm-hmm. them by accident? You know, you well, do, it's kind well, of a weird yeah. thing. But you know, this yeah, is exactly. the but you know, this is the movie. So what do we do? We're gonna open those bitches up. We're gonna open them up. So, so this is when we get uh, a Leonard. He is uh, he's like has like this own like special room, and so one side has the BBC News. And the other side has the <laughs> autopsy room. So the BBC <laughs> so the B- So the BBC News is talking about like, yeah, that fucking uh, Churchill's there's some weird shit going on there. They're not telling us anything. And then Leonard's like, yeah, I I'm, yeah, nothing to see here. We open this alien up. Nothing, nothing to see here across the hall we're, we're yeah. doing alien autopsies. Yeah. All the news is being played. Exactly. <laughs> so they're you know, they're just talking about like um, you know, like there's a, they were talking about how, um, you know, th- there's some story about some evil star and the fate of the crew and everything on the BBC news. And then right. of course, um, uh, uh, you know, this is when we get the hospital scene of they, they have one of the, the bodies in there it was the girl body. And there was a guard that comes in there and she basically like the guard is like, kind of like staring at her and he's like, keep staring <coughs> at her and he's like going to touch her and he touches her a little bit. And then she opens up her eyes and he gets freaked out. And she wakes yep. up. This girl, and then whoever you know who played the girl, uh, I like her name, and is just Space Girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think her name is Matilda May. I think is yeah, the May. actress that played her. And it's just very um, interesting. Yeah, she, like, imagine getting this role. Okay, what am I auditioning for? Well, we kind of want you to be like a vampire, but you have to be like naked the whole time. Like, and your like, character doesn't even have a name. Yeah, it doesn't have a name. <laughs> you know. You're like a vampire, though, but you're naked. But you're a vampire, though. Okay? And your power is to be naked and kiss <laughs> older men. I mean, that's I mean that's basically the... <clears throat> yes. 
the plot of this movie, right? Like, yes. Her, her, her power is to be naked. Yes. So he's up there naked, and this guard's like, hell yeah, I'm about to get me some ass by this alien bitch. Uh, <laughs> and then, then eventually, she, they, uh, Leonard, he's looking at this. He's like, oh shit, this thing, this girl woke up. So he's like, goes to rush down there to, you know, see what's happening. And then the guard starts to, uh, to kiss the, uh, the space vampire woman. Yeah. And he gets his life force sucked out, brother. He's our yep. first person. Hence the name of the movie. Yes. But like, what was he gonna do? Was he gonna like fuck the alien girl? Well, yeah. That he that we thought were was dead. Well, I mean, like, if it's like there, you're gonna fuck the dead alien girl that was that was there. I mean, fuck it. I mean, he's like, I don't, <laughs> I get paid by the hour, brother. I better get a little perks off this job. <laughs> Imagine wow. putting that on your bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dead alien girl. So like uh so you know the big thing so I you know something that I respect about this movie too is the effects. So this one yep. if you like blue lighting this is the movie for you because boy this blue blue lights blue flames everywhere. So this every so this girl the space girl is sucking down this guard's mouth. It's basically you know mm-hmm. draining him of all his life form and his blue lights yep. shit everywhere. Leonard comes up he's like oh this is crazy looking and he gets in there and he sees the um the guy on the floor, and he's like, "Is like the girl went over there, and then she, he could see that the, the guards, and his body's basically decaying into some like, yeah, it kind of looks like a, a, a dead. Basically, it doesn't look like he has like any like blood cells or anything. Like, everything life form in him. Yes. So now, uh, this is when uh, Leonard he goes to Doctor Fla- Flada. Mm-hmm. This fucking Flada guy was a weird one because so okay so I, I skipped something so so Flada walks into Leonard's room see where he's at and he notices on Leonard's TV that he actually sees the space girl and Leonard about to make out because the thing is when you come in, when you come close to the space girl you are now basically is like in love with her it's like some sort of like potion or some sort of like field that makes you drawn to her and that's the, how she uses her powers basically is to seduce you and to give you the life forms so he notices right, that exactly. stuff too and he is now like running down there with a bunch of guards and then he gets there and then he's like you know where's the girl at and he's like uh and then leonard's like kind of like confused and stuff he's like i don't know i think she went over there so this is actually when we this is when we get the father he is now alerted the crew the security crew like hey we have an escaped uh alien on the presence she might be naked <laughs> she might she might be naked <laughs> so uh, one of the funny parts is when the girl just walking down the hall and then uh, she's like naked you know and then the police guard's looking he like does a double take he's like guys you ain't gonna believe this there's some like girl here and she's like walking around naked then the guy's like did he say he's walking? She walking around naked. <laughs> so all the guards eventually stop her. They think it's just some sort of like mentally ill girl who's just walking around naked. And right, then eventually, yeah. when they surround her, um, that's when she uses her life force powers to yep. suck them dry, brother. Exactly. With now blue flame. she's getting back to full power. Yes. Yeah, blue, blue, blue light, blue, blue flame yes. to suck the life force out. And she also like choked one of them with magic choking powers too, mm-hmm. so she can do it all. Um, the blue lights are everywhere too. So she breaks the glass, 
out of the space center and she just like kind of just walks away. And then the, the Flada just kind of like watches her like, I ain't going after her. <laughs> Fuck that. So this is when we get the, um, this is when we, we get our detective, uh, the cop out of the whole movie. Um, his name is Colin Kane. All right. And this guy, eh, this guy was serious British business, brother. All right. This guy was like, he ain't taking no prisoners. All right. So he gets there. He starts questioning Leonard. He's like, are you telling me you guys found a naked woman in a spaceship? (laughs) She got here. You're going to do an autopsy on her, but you wanted to fuck her instead. (laughs) (laughs) Now, he didn't necessarily say all that, but if he did, I would have cracked up. But that's basically what it seems like he's thinking. Yes. (laughs) What we're all thinking at this point in this. And then Leonard's just like, man, I don't know what happened. Like, she came in here, she gave me these fucking powers, all right? She wanted me to make out with her. What was I supposed to do, okay? <laughs> it, it was a lot more, like, it's a lot more, uh, I would just say, classy than that. What other choice could I, could I make other than to make out with the uh, yeah. dead? Oh, and then, um, so, so um, also, you know, the, um, you know, Kane, he is all like... Kane. He's like I thought. He's like I thought. Like uh, uh, I thought. This, where'd this come from? The Churchill. I thought everything on the Churchill was destroyed. He's like, no, not everything on the Churchill was destroyed. We lied. We found the videotapes. We didn't burn them. We erased them. Ooh. Oh, okay. Fine. Intrigue. Yeah. Because did you know Kane? Did you know VHS? They don't burn or freeze. Nope. So they're talking about that, and eventually Leonard's just like, okay, I gotta get out of here. You know, she kind of like, I, I kind of feel a little weird. You know what I mean? So we gotta like find where this girl's going. So this is also too when Kane and Flotter are now talking about life after death. So apparently, Doctor Haynes Flotter is a, a a a doctor and a believer that there is life after death, and his big mission is to uncover that. Yeah. Now to why prove, to prove life after death, right? Yes. Now why yeah. is he working at the European Space Station? I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> so maybe there has to do something with space that involves life after death, or maybe the life after death was like his hobby, but he was really big into it, and they were having a discussion about it. Of course, Kane's just like, no. So now they're also talking about, you know, Flaw is also saying, like, she, she is basically what this alien creature is doing is she is draining life force from other life force so she that's how she gets her power. That's how she can keep going is by draining people's life force, which is basically like not sucking their blood, but taking their whole essence of their body and just leaving them like an old, decrepit something. Yes. We're going to have to uh, start a drinking game. You take a shot every time we say the word life force in yes. this show. Well, they said it like a thousand <laughs> times too. I was like, fuck. Times. So I wonder if like when they named it, if that was like the thing, like they were going to call it space vampires and then they're like, yeah, well, what should we call it? I mean, maybe we should call it uh life force. And then they, because they say it like 500 times. <laughs> exactly. So this lot of guy had a couple of good lines in this fucking movie. And one of them was this, he was like, she is no girl. She's totally dangerous. I don't know why I thought that was funny. I'm saying like totally, totally dangerous. He's like this straight laced fucking totally doctor guy. And he's like, she's totally dangerous. 
Like it, like, like that sense doesn't even make any sense. Like she couldn't be a girl and be dangerous. Well, she's no girl. Well, well, of course she's an alien. She's yeah. totally dangerous. She's totally dangerous. Then. So we have this guard. He, the, we have two guards actually. They're looking at the uh, the two alien naked guys. Yes. Um, the guards like, um, you know. So the the guards are pretty much talking to each other about the the two uh, alien guys. Um, mm. And, you know, he doesn't believe that they're going to be waking up. And then a big explosion happens. And then, of course, these two alien guys wake up. Yeah. And the blonde one is uh, Mick Jagger's brother, actually. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. The actor was uh, the guy that played him was Mick Jagger's brother. Interesting. So they start shooting these things. Uh, they start shooting them. But, you know, nothing. Then we just have a bunch of explosions. And this is when we finally get... Uh, uh, Kane and Flada, they are going, they're running down there to see what's happening. Um, okay, so uh, the guys are, um, they're pretty much like um, the, the vampire dudes. They're taking the life force from the guards. And yep. then um, the guards eventually, um, there's like a big explosion that happens again. The guards eventually wakes up as a zombie. So basically, what happened is, like, since there was a lot of explosions and stuff, it was believed that the two male vampires have been injured. So they thought they were dead, but they were just injured. And then one of the guards, um, or the guard from earlier, actually is now waking up as a zombie. Uh, yes, right. So yes. now they're converting people like vampires. Yes. And so now the Dr. Flata now <clears throat> is just like... So basically... Um, the guard from earlier was about to have an autopsy on him, but then he woke up and he took the life force from the doctor who was going to do the autopsy on him. And then the other doctor, Flada, is like, oh, it looks like every two hours these creatures need life force in them. Oh, boy. Okay. You got, you got that, everybody? <laughs> you got that out there? Fuck. All right, so now they're like saying they need to take the guard because once the guard took the life force, he was back to normal. But they they know they know in a couple hours like he's gonna be wanting some shit, so they, they locked him in a cell. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Two hour every two hours they have to feed on on life force. Right. Yes. 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 That's my thought. Okay. So after this, um, Colin gets a, a cane. He gets a call saying there's a dead girl in the in the woods. He's like, I bet that's your girl. And then they go out there, and of course, it's not, it's not, mm -mm. it's not the, uh, it's not the uh, space girl. It just not another, space girl. it's another girl who's just having her life force taken from her. <laughs> All right. And it, I like these kids. Like, so they interview these two kids. The kids are like, "Yeah, it's a nice, uh, it's a then this girl. She was naked. And she's a dark-haired girl. She's a nice <laughs> bird." <laughs> and she was naked. She was a good bird. That's like a British thing. That's uh, the British thing. Yes. And then, of course, uh, Kane, he's there and he's there to investigate. So they also, and then Kane's like, okay, we need to take this girl back to the back to the lab to do some more investigation. Okay. And then this is when, um, this is when they get the, uh, the confirmation that these bodies are now acting up after two hours and not sucking down any life forms. So, because they go and they see the guard who was attacked by the space girl. 
he is now um, starting to act up pretty crazy because he's in that cellar. And eventually, mm-hmm. they see what happens if they don't take any life forms, and they basically just blow up into ash. And then, so he blows up into ash, and then the doctor who's going to do the autopsy on him, he, like, really blows up into ash. He, like, runs and blows up the ash. So they both pretty much turn into ash. You know, kind of like how a vampire, If I guess if a vampire doesn't drink the blood, it turns into ash? Well, yeah, you know, well, you know, like like the the whole Dracula thing, right? You know, he's in the he gets in the sun and he turn he turns into dust. Yeah, but they weren't in the sun; they were in the cellar. No, I, I know that's a little bit different of a vampire. It's it's the space vampire. Space vampires uh, turn to dust when they uh, don't get enough life force. You know, <laughs> you know they kept saying life force. Have you ever? <laughs> this is not a sidetrack. I know I, I do that. I do that all the time. <laughs> but have you ever seen the 1998 Spider-Man TV show? Uh, I have, yes. Do you remember when they introduced the Michael Morbius character? Oh, right, yeah. Because he, he's, he didn't suck blood, he sucked life force. No, yes. But he sucked plasma. He didn't suck plasma, blood. Plasma, yes. not blood, he was plasma, yes. <laughs> they should just use plasma in this movie. So life force. Because they can't seconds. say the word blood, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Plasma. I loved it. <laughs> I'm going to suck your plasma. And I'm gonna suck it out of my hand, not my not my vampire teeth I have here. My hand. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, so um, after all the uh, the people blow up into dust and shit, um, they realize like, oh wait a minute, we got like another one. That girl from the forest, Kane's with her and stuff. So they try to go warn him. Okay, so. During all this stuff happening, uh, the the girl, the the one girl, she wakes up while they're doing like a little autopsy on her, and she eventually tur- turns to ash as well too. Um, and the next thing we know, uh, somebody comes up to Carson's and saying, um, or somebody comes up to Kane saying, like, "Hey, we have um, we we spotted a emergency sh- sh- aircraft or like little emergency shuttle that came from the space station Churchill." Yeah, like, oh, the escape pod. Escape pod, yes. <clears throat> and they're like, oh, where is it landing? It's going to be landing in Texas, brother. Everything's bigger yep. than Texas. Yeah, so we got to go to Texas. Yeah, so we're going to Texas. Now we're there. We get out there. We open up everything. And who do we see? We see that fucking Colonel. Carlson. Carlson. He is out mm-hmm. there, beard and everything, looking all afraid <laughs> and shit. So I guess they, they, they fucking uh, trim him all up and shit. And they get him, and now he's talking to the uh, the colonel, and he's talking to um, um, Kane as well. And he, they just basically just want to know, like, well, you know, what he remembers and everything. Yeah. So now, you know, Carson's telling the story. You know, we found this huge spaceship out there in the Hellas Comet. We went to it. There's some there's some space things in there. We got him in there, and then he and then he was just saying they just started the one by one. One by one, they start killing my friends one by one. So he starts telling the story how the first to go was um, his friend, uh, the, uh, the the radio man, Rollins. He was the first to go. He yeah. he was like freaking out and stuff, and he's the one who broke the communication. He was smashing everything, throwing all the throwing out the uh, the stuff out of whack. Next thing they know, they found him fucking just laying there dead. And then like he's just saying like, for some reason, I was just controlled by the uh, the woman in there she was like controlling me and stuff and i just you know i couldn't do anything about it i was just under like a mind control 
And then eventually, like, you know, one by one, all my crew members were dying. And out of my sheer will, I had to make sure that this aircraft didn't see the light of day. So I burnt everything in the aircraft and I escaped in a shuttle. <clears throat> but the problem was, I guess the flames, they didn't burn the casket because those cast those caskets they were in, there was some sort of force field. They weren't real glass and shit like that. Mm. Damn it. Yeah, I know. Uh, so then he got on the escape ship. And then he said, like, the hardest thing that was, it was just leaving. But it wasn't leaving my crew or nothing. It was leaving her. That was yeah, the hardest thing I could do. She killed all my yeah, friends because I didn't want to leave. Because he's in love with the space girl. Yeah. Kind of. So, yeah. Because, like, basically, he said, like, he had a big control over him. So now, um, Kane, he's watching Carson sleep. Um, and then, uh, so then he gets a, a, a phone call or like a call saying, Hey, so apparently there's a ship. It's headed for earth. It's 150 miles long. It's in orbit and it'll be in here in two days. So the umbrella ship is coming to get us. Yeah. Um, so Carson is now sleeping. And he is now getting visited by the vampire girl. And I really like this scene because it's like, you see like this like bat animatronic and she just turns right into the human form from there. I thought, I thought that looked great. Yeah, I thought that was a cool scene. I liked it. I liked it. I liked how they use that little prop and to make, make her like that way as well. And yeah. uh, basically they're just going on saying like, this is a very like gothic dream. I thought it was pretty sweet too. Um, says like, says like you, you know, you're giving me your life. And then you're taking my life at the same time. So they start kissing. So basically what she means is like she's giving him life form and he's giving his life form back. So they're like trading off yes. their life forms together. And then eventually, I guess it gets a little too intense for our boy uh, Carlson in his freaking dream. So he wakes up screaming. And then he starts telling um, Kane and then he starts telling the Dr. Flada about his dream. And he can't really remember too much of it and then this is when Flaw is like, okay, how about we just hypnotize your ass? He's like, okay, let's see. That, that never goes wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is when Carson, he's getting hypnotized. And he says he feels close to the girl. Like he says, so it was really close. He feels like they're attached. Not only, he feels like there's like one mind. All right. And him and the girl are like together. They're, they're like one mind together. So he can kind of see what she's like doing. Like he could see like little flashes of where she's at and what she's doing and stuff. And I was like, okay, can you see her now? And she's like, he's like, well, well, she jumped to a different body. She's now a different face now. So we see like this girl is like kind of like a redhead looking girl and stuff. Um, she's, and, and he's saying like, she's looking for a man, any healthy man. She wants to drain energy from this man. Or life force. Yeah, or life force. <laughs> Strain the life force on this man. So I like it how they're like, yeah, she's looking for a nice energy man. She sees some old guy fixing up his car. <laughs> and that's the guy they pick. That's the guy they pick, yeah. So, so uh, he's like, okay, what do you see now? What do you see now? It's like, well, I see this license plate. FMC12. Wait, wait. I think it's a nine. 
It might be an E. The guy is in front of it. I can't see it now. It's like, what kind of car is it? Uh, looks like it's a white Volvo. Oh, okay. And he's like, what are you seeing now? It's like, the girl has now gotten in the car with the guy. What were they doing? He's pulling her skirt up. Oh, shit. We gotta get there. This old guy can't fuck this space demon. Everybody, find all the white bubbles you can. Carson, snap out of it. He snaps out of it. So now uh, Kane puts in a request to find the, uh, find the, uh, apparently the girl's name is Ellen. All right, so Pinot put a request for Ellen and then put a request for the, uh, the Volvo. The white Volvo. Yeah. So, so now the Flada is, you know, this Flada guy, like he was just like the most proper English man you would find. He like, he, he did not freak out at all. All right. He's like, so I guess what she's doing is she is actually bouncing from body to body to probably contain and keep her life force going. But if she's traveling from body to body, where is the original body? Ooh. Oh, okay. So they're on the they're on the hunt for the original body is missing. Yeah, now it's a mystery. Yes. So now Leonard, he's saying that the original um van, you know, he say he basically is saying, like, you know, vampires, you know, original vampires. They would always bring their homes with them, like this. So he's saying, like, so basically he's saying, like, the body has to be pretty much close to whatever yeah. the space vampire is at, because original vampires always brought a piece of soil with them, kind of like from home. Yep. Which is a very just like Dracula. Just like Dracula. Yes. Good yeah. job, Leonard. We like you. So now the ship is getting closer. That big 150 mile one. Yep. Um. So now the the doctor Flata, he's getting something. Um, the study, all right, and uh, so, so this one creepy guard shows up in front of uh, of Flada, and he's being kind of creepy while like Flada's like talking to him. So now we're seeing Kane stuff, and then so they're saying that the guy that got picked up from the um, the, the the space vampire queen, his name is Ned, and like all Ned did was drop her at the hospital. So, like, they're like, okay, well, we should probably find Ned just to make sure he's not, like, fucked up or nothing. And he's like, okay, what hospital did you drop her off at? He's like, well, Ned dropped her off at the criminally insane asylum. As, as you do, right? Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the criminally insane asylum. All right. <laughs> so... When they get there, it's like it's so it's Kane and it's um Carson. Okay. The reason they brought Carson over there is because, you know, he can kind of tell if it's like the space cuz they're, you know, they're connected and shit. So that's why they brought him over there. And to my fucking surprise, cuz I was wondering during this whole fucking I was like, "Where the fuck is Patrick Stewart?" Like, I saw his fucking name on there. I know I'm not going crazy. So Patrick Stewart is playing the criminally insane <laughs> owner, Dr. Armstrong. And, he, and they're all like, hey, hey we what need a to, role this is. I know, what a role. <clears throat> he's all like, they're all like, okay, we need to see Ellen. Where the hell is she at? He's like, oh, she's in cell number five and shit. She's like, you guys could have emailed me. Coming over here, what do you need? <laughs> like, we really got to talk to her. It's a, it's a, a national security. Yeah. All right. Oh, they also have this other guy, which I'm not really sure what he did. His name is Roger. 
Like, he was just, like, kind of, like, around. Like, I, I think he might have been part of, like, the government crew that, that they had, but he was there with them, too. I forgot to mention him. He's, like, the short, fat guy. Like, he literally did, like, nothing. Like, he was just around saying shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's just another character. He's, yeah. a, he's the government guy. Yeah, he's the government guy that you're like, okay, you definitely know he's, this guy's dying soon. So, but he was he was around with them too, and he said he said stuff here and there. Um, so they go to find Ellen, okay, <laughs> and like um, they they want to ask about like Ed Price, the guy Ed and stuff. Um, and then Carson, he's not just taking shit. Like you know, you know, Kane's just trying to ask her some normal questions. Carson's like, listen, I have to grab this girl. Don't you know who she is? She's a sadomaniac. So I have to like slap this bitch around. Are you guys cool with that? They're like, Kane was like, oh yeah. Yeah, it looks like she has a bunch yeah. of cuts on her. Oh, go ahead. I don't give a fuck. And this go guy's ahead. over here just like, I'm pulling your hair. You like it, don't you? I was like, what the <laughs> fuck did this come from? Like, <laughs> I'm watching some like random like SM porn shit going on here. Right. It just, yeah, it just comes out of nowhere oh, where right. you have this like SM scene where he's like slapping her around and pulling her hair. Yeah. He's like, tell me about the vampire. Tell me. You like that, don't you? Tell me about it. I'm going to cut you, girl. <laughs> Because she did have a bunch of cuts and shit around her body. I was like, okay, I see how it is. So just all slapping the fuck out of this girl. Um, let's see. Slaps her and stuff. Um, she's like, and then eventually after he's done slapping and beating this girl up, he's like, I think it moved to a different body. Well, fuck. <laughs> all right, thanks, Carson. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> Yeah, um, it's like, oh, I, I don't think she's in here. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, too, because she's, like, beating her ass up and shit and, like, slapping her and stuff. They start kissing and everything. And she eventually just faints. I was like, yeah, she, he's not in there anymore. I was like, oh, thanks, man. I got you. So now uh, Carson's like, yeah, it was, she was, the space vampire demon thing wasn't in her. But I got an image of who it is. Oh, okay. So now they go they go meet Dr. Armstrong. And they're like, hey, Dr. Armstrong, you know, I know we're here. This is natural security, so don't ask any questions. But we need to find this guy named Henry. And he's like, oh, yeah, the child murderer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, it's like, where is he at? Well, I fucking put him in, uh, he's being naughty, so I put him in fucking uh, solitary confinement. I was like, well, yeah, can we go see him? Murderer. He's like, well, why do you need to go see him? It's like, well, it's natural security. It's like, well, fuck, can I, I get like, a, can I get like an email or tell me what's going on here or something? It's like, no, we need to go see him. I was like, okay. So they eventually, they go to see Henry and they talk to like this, uh, it's like nurse, um, uh, Lamson. He hmm. was like the, like the head criminally insane nurse guy. And right. they're asking to get a drug, like a, like a trans, tran tranquilizer type of drug. Um, because you know they, uh, this Henry guy is unstable, and they think that the uh, the space demon is in Henry now. All right, so they all right. go in there. You know, you got the Roger guy, you got the Kane, you got Carson, um, you even got um, Lamsey, you got Doctor Armstrong. Everybody's in there. All right, they're about to go for Henry, but it's a swerve. They fucking grab Doctor Armstrong and they fucking uh, put the fucking tranquilizer on him. Lampson's like, what the fuck's going on here? They say natural security <laughs> shit. They fucking pin his ass down. So the demon has jumped to Patrick Stewart, a.k.a. Dr. Armstrong. Yeah. So 
So they bring Armstrong into a separate room, the uh, the, the the surgery room, and it's only in there. They don't let the nurse guy in. They pretty much they're like, hey, <laughs> we're not going to let you in here, but uh, can you wop us up some more of those drugs? Thanks, man. <laughs> so they, they're trying to figure out how to communicate with the demon, how to trap it. So basically what they want to do is they want to pretty much keep Dr. Armstrong kind of like in a coma state so they can figure out how to get this demon um, out of him and trapped so it mm-hmm. doesn't keep spreading the body to body. Um, one of the ideas was, okay, Carson, this guy, this guy is crazy during this whole fucking movie. He's like, all right, he's about to wake up. I need four tranquilizers. He's like, that's going to kill him. Yeah, he'll be all right. Just give me some. <laughs> yeah, they need more drugs to get him going. Oh, they need three doses. And he's like, I don't think his heart can handle it. It's like if he slips down, if he's like, if he slips out, he will escape. So fuck him. Okay. Uh, so this is when um uh Armstrong just starts to wake up. And it's like, you know, don't let him die, he starts screaming. Like Armstrong just starts screaming his ass off. And they started to put started trying to put some more drugs in him. And then eventually the uh the vampire girl, she's like waking up inside of Armstrong. So she's like kind of getting out of him. So they're kind of like, they, they didn't have enough time to, to kind of like drug him too much to have him stay still. She's basically just mm-hmm. coming out now. So, and then Carson's like, hey, do you hear me? Why do you keep doing this to me? Like Carson's like going crazy. He's like, listen, bitch, talk to me. Talk to me. Why are you doing this to me? And then she, and then the, the vampire basically is saying, be with me, Carson. We love you. Be with me. And then he's like freaking out, like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? So he's like, you know, so he's basically just saying, like, let me go. Get me out of here. Why are you doing all this stuff to me? And she's basically saying, like, you know, me and you are one. You know what I mean? Like, we're yes. one together. Like, we're on, like, one being and stuff together. Um, so she, uh, uh, she's like, let me go. He's like, let me go. Um, I guess they kiss Armstrong. Blue lights come around everywhere. There's wind everywhere. There's like fucking blue lights. There's wind. Everything's going crazy. Uh, and then eventually, um, Kane comes there. He has like two tranquilizers and he injects both of them into Armstrong's neck to calm his ass down. And eventually all the blue light and the wind calms down from there. Mm. <clears throat> and then Carson's basically saying like, you know, this shit didn't stop stop her. You know, she's about to go out there and spread. Like, the, what they did didn't work. Yeah, don't they, um, at this point, don't they realize that they've been tricked or something? Yeah, so basically, like, the um, the, the the vamp got out before they can, like, yeah. you know, basically, you know, give them, give, they, before they can give the antidotes, you know, the, the tranquilizers to Armstrong, the, the vamp girl got out. Um, right, and they, they escaped. That's what that blue flame yeah. light was when it got everywhere. It just went away. And it started to, right. it started she, to spread now. Yeah, and she drew them away from like where they should have been, like yeah. like away from London. Yes. <clears throat> so during all this stuff, and eventually calms down. Um, so he said, like you know, the spread didn't stop her. Uh, we got to go. We got to go. Go back and to see where we can um, figure out where to, how to how to stop this from spreading everywhere. So eventually they go onto a helicopter. We have, uh, you know, Roger. We have um, uh, uh, Carlson. We have Kane, and they're just they're going back to London and stuff. And then um, during all the melee, 
Roger got injured. So they brought him back on a helicopter. And this is when we get the scene of um, the uh, the Armstrong and Roger. They, they have like the blood. And the blood forms into the vampire girl scene. So This was awesome too. I like yeah. this part. Yeah, so this part was pretty pretty interesting on there. And then, you know, they keep taunting him. Like, the girl, the vampire, they're in the home movie, pretty much taunts Carson a lot. Like, do you hear me constantly? I want you to be with me. Stuff like that. Um, so, this is also, too, you know, when Carson and, and Kane were to talk about, like, you know, they, they believe that these creatures have visited the Earth before. So, they were talking about that. And this is when the uh, the girl melts. She eventually melts and go away. So this is when. So this is when after all this stuff is kind of happening, Kane's getting kind of fed up. It's like, listen, I want to know what really happened on that fucking spaceship Churchill. All right. And Carson's like, all right. So you know that radio shit? I actually blew that up. My bad. <laughs> so he's like, I blew up all the radio stuff. I I didn't want the ship to go to Earth. You know, I open, uh, I open the doors that that drew the. I pretty much opened the doors that drew all these spirits in. Um, mm-hmm. she wanted to. Uh, she want you know. She basically just saying like I was just under the uh, the spell. You know, like I feel like we're one. I was under the spell, and I just needed to get all this like energy from her and stuff. I just I felt like all this energy. I felt like she gave me energy. And like since she gave me this energy, I feel that we're all linked now. I think she wanted to me me to be linked with her and stuff. So we're basically just getting a bunch of like like Carson. You could tell like he is like you can't really tell in the movie if he's like his own person or if he's being controlled by the vamp girl. So it's kind of like back and forth with that. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's part of the plot, though, right? Yeah. Like we don't know if he's controlled or not but like he you know like this whole through this part of the movie and he, he's like um this is part of what he's saying like uh, he's like i'm in love with her or whatever like when they're in the helicopter or whatever yeah. um so yeah it, it, he you know he so he's like um i don't know like thinks he's in love with this uh yeah because he, he, he it's like more than spiritual like he said like the feeling we have is like more than spiritual it's like the most right. erotic experience i was ever having she gave me her energy and brother i'm on back for more <laughs> so now they can uh so now they see um a couple of news bulletins about a lot of the city of london's burning now it's all blowing up and shit so shit is starting hitting the fan we see a lot of blue lights everywhere and the city's blowing up and now we're getting a bunch of zombie vampires hanging around everywhere yeah most of or a lot of london's been converted to, to zombie vampires at this point yes um, <laughs> there was one part, um, that, uh, so <laughs> I got to mention this cause I thought that was really funny. Um, uh, so they, uh, they get a, they get a, like a little, um, radio call from, from Flada. He's all like, Hey guys, I figured out how to kill one of them for real this time. He's like, Oh, okay. Okay. How? Well, you know, it's kind of like those old vampire stories. You just got to get them right not at the heart, but like run underneath the heart and that kills them. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. He's like, can you hear me? Can, did you hear what I said? Did you, can you hear me? 
Carson, can you hear me? Did you hear me? I was like, what the fuck? Said, yes, we heard you, motherfucker. Yeah, did you know I killed him? <laughs> All right, thanks, Car- Th- thanks, Flotta. We appreciate it. So eventually the... Uh, <laughs> fucking... This guy was just all over the place. Um, so the helicopter lands on the roof and stuff, and they have now been taken to the war room. This is uh, Carson and Kane. And they're now going to be talking to the prime minister. So they go talk to the prime minister. All right. And um, <laughs> so the prime minister is like talking a little bit with them and stuff, you know, kind of like they're like, hey, we kind of might know what's going on over here. We wanted to tell you what's going on. The prime minister's like, okay, well, hold on a second. Uh, let me go over here. So he goes over there and then he is now one of the vampire sucking demons. So it's just like, oh, shit, yep. let's get out of here. And then they're noticing it started to spread like wildfire everywhere where a lot of the people around town are, are, are turning into this zombies vampire yeah. zombies yeah it seems like most of most of the town is yes so they get on they're they're, they're just escaping from there um they're just running down the city they just see a bunch of like cities going crazy in here but he's running around kind of like a zombie movie so they have to lay a little low or just you know they have to, they're kind of like just trying to escape from everything okay so this is when they get to um kane and carson they get to the uh, the border and they're like, hey, you know, we are not infected. And the guy's like, oh, no, I know you're not infected. It's like, trust me, we know what's happening over here. We, and then, like, the way they're, like, arguing with each other is, like, so, like, proper. <laughs> they're just like, you know, Kane just has his hand in his pockets. It's like, listen, I know what's happening over here. Um, we have been studying this for the whole time, and we can help you and be beneficial. The other guy's like, well, how do I know you can be beneficial? How do I know you're not diseased? <laughs> well, trust me, we're not diseased. We got here just fine, didn't we? He's like, you're right. Let's go to the war room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Easy as that, brother. And, I, and so they get to the war room, right? And this, and this, this fucking uh, this general guy is like, all right. So we know this part of London is infected. We have orders to nuke their ass. Right. It's all but, the way to know for but sure. But the, the way he said it is like, we have orders to, uh, is like, Nuke, uh, cleanse nuke. It's like like something like cleansing nuke. It's mm-hmm. like it's like that will be, that would be um, that would be in about three hours. That we're gonna be doing <laughs> that. Okay. And then it's like, okay, well, what about that uh, spaceship stuff that's coming? Um, it's like, well, the spaceship is actually um coming out here, and it is uh, it's now the spaceship the the 150 mile long. It's now over London now, and is now doing a big light. It's like a big blue light. So the the umbrella ship has opened up his wings, is doing a big light, and in about three hours, this place is about to be nuked, brother. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, Carlson and Kane, they want to figure out what's going on. So they start looking at this light, and they're saying, like, you know, that's basically what that light is. It's everybody's life force going into the umbrella. And the how umbrella. this is happening is there's like there's like two pieces to the puzzle over here. All right? There's a vampire guy, which I, I I don't know which one it is. I mean, there's two of them that like barely did anything, but now there's a vampire guy, and he's the one getting the life force into him. The vamp yes. girl is supposed to be the uh, catalyst to everything. She is the one that's like helping the life force get up to the ship and shit like that. Uh, uh, right. So Falada killed one of them. Yes, but there's and that's one how still he alive. knows he can. 
Yeah, and then there's one still alive, and he's like funneling the life force to the girl, to the naked girl. Yeah. Which is sending it to the ship or whatever. Yes. Like, yeah. Blue blue lights everywhere. Blue light, yes. Blue, because life force is blue light. So, um, <laughs> so Carson's basically saying, like, listen, this girl's like drawing me near her. I can't really resist it. I got to figure out where she's at. All right, I think I might have a good idea. And I'm going to go over there. I'm going to stop all this. And Kane's like, listen, we can't do that. You can't just rush right in there. You know, you can't go back to the city. They want to bomb it and shit. You know, let's, let's, let's just see what we can do. All right. So now, so now, they, now that they figured out all this stuff, they figured out, okay, there's two sources that we need to beat. If we could beat these two sources, the male and the female, if we can stop mm-hmm. them, then we probably don't need to nuke the city. Okay. So, so Kane, I like this part too. I like the little things. So Kane comes in there. He talks to the general. He's all like, hey, me and uh, Carson, we might have figured this out, man. There's like two sources that, you know, if we stop these two sources, we put our resources to stopping these two, these two, uh, you know, creatures, these two like little life force things. We could probably just yes. stop all this. Everything's okay. And then the general's like, well, fuck, we only have like an hour and 30 minutes. I was going to nuke this place. <laughs> <laughs> we only got an hour to figure this out. I got an hour and a half, okay? So you got to, I mean, the, the I once the timer's in there, man, I can't stop it. Okay, we already pressed the it. button. <laughs> <laughs> so then they hear gunshots, and like Kane runs out. He's like, what the fuck's going on? I was like, yeah, like fucking guy Carson, man. He fucking, uh, he wanted to take my truck, and I said no. And he started shooting for some reason. I was like, oh, here you go. He's like, well, where is he going? He's like, oh, I think he's going back to the space station. And he's like, okay, well, get out of the car. I'm going to get in there. He's like, you're going to go in there? If you go in there, man, like, you only got like an hour and 30 minutes, man. We're probably going to nuke your ass. He's like, I got to go. <laughs> so now Kane drives off and he goes to find Carson. And they just let him go through. It's like, whatever. So he's driving through the city. Same thing as Carson. And he's just running over by. You know, this scene is actually pretty cool. Like, there's a bunch of random zombie creatures running around everywhere. It's kind of like a very zombie movie. Like, right. To be honest with you. It's just very zombie scenes. You know, creatures mm-hmm. attacking normal people, explosions everywhere. Um, so we can see that one car has the cars in it. He's going in there and he goes to the, cit- the citadel, the, the tomb that we say. And then uh, our boy Kane, he goes to the uh, space station because that's where they said he, they were going. So... You know, Carson's getting in there, and he he can see the blue light. After he gets through all the zombie vampire creatures, he sees, like, the blue light, and he's like, okay, I know she's in there. So this is a very interesting scene. So Kane, he reaches to the research center, space research center. He goes in there, doesn't see too many vampire zombies walking in where, but he meets up with Flata. So he's in there. Flata's in there. And they're like, hey, you know, hey, I'm glad you're alive, Flata. So I'm glad you're alive too. He's all like, I saw you really killed one of them. It worked. And he's like, yeah, it worked when I killed one of the, the creatures. And then they're going on. It's like, so I was like, I figured it out. I figured out there is an afterlife. Okay. Okay. So, oh, well, enlighten me. What is this afterlife? He's like, yes, <laughs> the afterlife is basically from this vampire. So the vampire, yes. when it takes my life force, I will now live forever 
from this from him taking my life force. This body will be gone, but I will still live on through this vampire sucking down with blue light and shit. <laughs> and then like and then you can kind of see that he's uh, sweating during the whole time. Yes, Flata is. And, and then Kane's like, "Oh, this is kind of weird." And he's like, kind of goes a little closer to him. He's like, "Hey, back, back off!" And stuff. He's going a little closer. So now we can see that Flata has turned into one of the uh, now. Which is interesting about his character is, do you think that he wanted to be turned into one of those creatures so he can live on in that life force umbrella, or do you think it happened when that guard who was very suspicious from earlier turned him? What do you think? I don't know. I was kind of thinking that he wanted to be turned. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Me too, because he's very like talk about afterlife, and I guess he thought by being sucked up into the atmosphere and his blue umbrella would make him live forever. So that's what happened. Right, so Kane right, shot him. Yeah, and exactly. He's like, he's like, all right, I'm I'm heading on up. <laughs> so he just shoots him, and he gets get on there. Yep. I wonder if that was the extra. That had to be part of the extra scene. So I don't, I don't know. know. I can't remember. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this, but this is a longer version than yeah. was released in the United States. So it's there like was an edited long. version originally. This shit was yeah, I see hours. why they wanted to edit this. It was nearly. It was long. It was. Yeah. It was a. It was a pretty long movie. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I liked it pretty good. Um, you know, it's not my favorite movie, but it is definitely a cult classic, yeah. and I think it, I think it's pretty. Good. So now we have uh, um, Carson. He is there. He's looking for um, obviously vampire girl. He meets her. She is like in this like tomb area with the blue light. The blue light, the big blue light, is going up to the umbrella ship. She is like surrounded by it, and she wakes up. She's like, Carson, I knew you, Kim. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. She says exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> and then she fucking just goes on like you, um. You know, you mean you were supposed to be like one and everything, and which is weird too because you know Carson also this, was thinking that she wanted her that life form back from like the, 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 he thought that part of her wanted to get rid of him, but I didn't see that at all. She seemed like she just wanted to. I think maybe I think what she wanted to get is to get probably back. Um, I guess the uh, the connection that they had maybe. I know it's very weird, weird relationship that these two had. It's like yeah. it was like the vampire space creature was like liking this Carson guy, and then she wasn't. But then I guess we get more breakdown of the story here in a little bit. So really quick, the Kane guy he gets out of the space station, he kills a couple of the vampire creatures, and he's on his way to the Citadel. Okay, so this is when we get the plot. The this is when we get the whole plot of why everything is happening. So the vampire girl is basically telling. Carson, like, hey, the reason why you feel like this, the reason you feel like all this stuff is natural, why you have this connection, because you are one of us. Now, now how the fuck did that happen? I have no idea. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, apparently, when this guy was born, he was born as a space vampire creature. And he was just living a normal life on Earth until he randomly saw this vampire demon. But it was all planned. Everything was planned. (laughs) Okay, it was planned for him to work on the spaceship Churchill. It was planned for him to find her, and it was planned for her him to bring her to Earth, so all this shit can happen. I was like, 
this is the part where I was like, well, hold on a second. Who booked this shit? <laughs> I got so many questions like, here. Hold on. Is there like hold a comic a book? Is there a comic book that will explain to me what is going on here or no? So, and then, so, uh, uh, oh, but by the way, we didn't mention the way that Flotta eventually died is, oh, uh, so what, why this is happening. So Flotta died by the, the gunshots, but then our boy Kane, he took like the little swords, knife sword shit. Yeah, yeah. So right when this is happening, where we're getting the plot, we also see that Kane walks up and he sees the GQ vampire model, who's getting the blue light sucked into him, and he was all like, "This will go easier if you just, you know, don't resist." And he's like, "Oh, I will." And then freaking Kane just kills his ass easy. I mean, fuck. I mean, this is like the easiest kill I've ever seen in cinema. He just goes up there, stabs him. Okay, you're dead. Okay, <laughs> two minutes of screen time. Yep. So, I guess this is after the vamp gave the lowdown to the to the to the Carson. They just start making out, and I couldn't. I guess like he was liking it, but he wasn't liking it. You know, kind of like with me in this movie, he was liking it because yeah. he couldn't resist, but he wasn't liking it because I guess like I guess he didn't want to believe that he was like this bad creature, or he wasn't sent here i guess that, see that kind of like threw me for a loop where, where they're saying like okay this is all planned you were supposed to do all this shit and stuff i was like okay well i mean if it was all planned he was supposed to do it why was he trying to stop you the whole time like why wasn't he in on it like why didn't you put that chip in his brain <laughs> right so anyway so they're they're all making out and kissing and shit i mean if i was this actor I'd be like okay we gotta do this scene a couple times <laughs> <laughs> So this is when we get the Kang guy. He shows up with the sword, and he eventually gives the sword because, like, you know, this is when Carson's, you know, he's not resisting, but he's calling for help. Drops yeah. the sword down, stabs both of them back and forth, and then the magic blue light turns to pink. I guess pink is bad. The pink light goes up to the ship. Some shit happens up in the ship, and then the ship just leaves, and that's it. That's the end of the life for that's brother. it. There's some cool yep. music playing, and there's definitely not going to be a sequel to this shit. That's for sure. <laughs> not at the not at eleven million dollars now. No, but uh, yeah. So they, they don't they just uh, if I remember correctly, it's been a minute since I watched this. Don't they just go up into the ship and then the ship leaves? Yeah, yeah. Both of them just they, go up yeah. in the ship and they just the ship's like ah fuck this shit. I'm out of here. Yep, and then it's over. It's yeah. over. So very. They so don't really movie. defeat the vampires. Really, they just leave. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what happened to Earth. We don't know if anybody turned back. We don't know what, what came. We don't know. We don't know Flada is loving his life now. We have no idea. There's so many unanswered questions, but you know, it happens yeah. like that in these space movies. You know, you can always tell like certain movies are like, okay, we can make a fucking sequel out of this shit. And then people see this, like me, and like, who the fuck booked half this shit? Like, this is, doesn't even make sense. Like, why this guy was in on it the whole time? Then why the fuck was he like, why didn't you just put the chip in his brain that, why didn't we fucking, yeah. uh, Order instead of having yeah. the, right instead of having a conflict yeah so like, like, like he could have, like they they wouldn't have had the whole thing with him chasing him the yeah. whole time and like if all this was supposed to happen yeah. did you see this happening of him stabbing you in the back like what's going on here right so but anyway you know sci-fi month retro blood very fun you know we have to revisit the sci-fi month um later on in the timeline of the retro blood so Definitely fun, uh, Life Force. Everybody check it out. It is a very long movie. There's a couple complicated stuff, but you know, 
couple good effects, you know, pretty good acting. So definitely uh, uh, an interesting, interesting movie to check out. So, mm. but before we get out of here and play some Motley Crue, brother, we do. I want to. Yeah. I wanted to uh, tell everybody about the October schedule, which is going to be the one year anniversary of the retro. Oh Blood. yeah. So and Halloween and Halloween, yes. So definitely, definitely fun. So we have a jam-packed month for you guys. It's going to be insane. We're doing two Lights Out episodes. Uh, in Lights the same Out, month. In the same month. So we barely yeah. even do one in one month. Now we're doing two, brother. Um, so with the Lights Out, um, it's it's the Retro Bloods like sister show where you know it's me and Allison on there, but it's a little different format. We're kind of like more freely talk. Uh, we mm-hmm. kind of just talk about things that you know we kind of want to talk about, but we all we we do have a subject, obviously, that we talk about. But it's a little bit more of a, a free range when it comes to that show. Yeah. And There's no rules, no rules, brother. And so the first review of Lights Out we're doing is, of course, the original Halloween, mm. John Carper's Halloween, brother, because the whole review and from October, the whole reviews we're going to be doing for Retro Blood is going to be the. Halloween series in the 1980s, brother. That's Halloween yeah. 2, 3, 4, and 5. So yeah. that should be very, very fun. Very fun. I can't wait for those. Halloween is probably my favorite horror movie and horror movie series of all time. Um, so it's always fun to uh, revisit those and talk about them in long form, which we will be doing on the Retro yep. Blood. And it- Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and we finally found a way to... Uh- incorporate halloween 1978 into our show because it doesn't fit in our parameters yes so we invented lights out so that we can talk about that exactly so that's gonna be very fun so the lights out is probably gonna come on october 1st and then we'll start off Mm -hmm. the retro blood halloween month with halloween 2 on that sunday october 2nd um the other thing we're gonna be doing too is gonna be a very fun lights out episode uh for all of our pro wrestling listeners me and allison are gonna do the battle of Halloween mm. Havocs. Chair shots, electric cages, dooms, the coal miner's glove. We got it all, brother, on Halloween mm. Havoc. We're going to do the battle of the Halloween Havocs. Now, we won't tell you which Halloween Havocs we're going to be doing. We're going to save that later for October. But look out for the battle of the Halloween Havocs there on the Lights Out, brother. So that should be very, very fun. But, Allison, do you have anything to end the audience about the sci-fi month that you would like to talk about? Uh, no, I, I mean, not particularly. I was just going to say that I really enjoyed this month. And I mean, maybe I liked Life Force a little better than you did. But um, I think all four of the movies that we watched were really good. And um, I think they're all four great choices for people to uh, to check out. You should watch The Thing for sure. And uh, if you have a couple extra hours to kill, maybe, maybe set through Life Force. It's on the Prime Video currently. Yeah, check it out, everybody. All right, well, we'll be back here next month for the Retro Bug when we start off our anniversary month talking all about the Halloween series. But let's leave everybody with some Motley Crue to end us. How about we do the good old famous Home Sweet Home? Yeah, might as well. Might as well. Classic, brother, because, you know, our boy Carson, he finally met the (laughs) stuff that was supposed to be planned his whole life, meaning this vampire chick. They went up to this umbrella ship in his pink light. And now they're yep. going to go back to their homeland. That, yep. I guess he has no idea. <laughs> well, I guess he has no idea where their homeland is because he didn't know what was happening, even though he should have yeah. known what's happening. Gotcha. All right. 
He didn't, he didn't even know he was an alien. Didn't even know, brother. All right, we'll check you guys here next month. See you later. One more.